Greetings, rare ones, and welcome to the Rebirds Emerging Market Podcast. I'm your host, Joanne. I started Rebirds a few years ago because I wanted to learn the stories behind startups in emerging markets. This has since evolved into a multimedia brand with content covering the intersections of early stage entrepreneurship, emerging markets, and blockchain technology. The Rebirds Emerging Market Podcast is where I have conversations with startup founders, ecosystem builders, and investors from across emerging markets. We are now on season eight, exploring the Puerto Rico startup ecosystem. Greetings, rare ones, and welcome back to the Rebirds Emerging Market Podcast as we continue to explore the Puerto Rico startup ecosystem. So this is episode 176, and today we're going to learn a little bit about coffee. So coffee has a deep history in Puerto Rico. It dates all the way back to the Spanish colonial rule. And I thought it would be interesting for us to learn a little bit about entrepreneurship around coffee on the island. So in today's conversation, you hear me speaking with Erica. Erica was actually born and raised on a coffee plantation and her parents were coffee growers. She also owns one of the oldest coffee shops in Old San Juan. And she's the founder of Puerto Rico's first coffee and barista school so it's a really interesting conversation and i hope you enjoy listening in and as always i'll see you at the end bye for now Greetings, Erica, and welcome to the Rare Birds podcast. Greeting you. Thank you to contact me. You know, <laughs> we are in Puerto Rico. You are in China. Imagine how long. <laughs> I know. It's brilliant, right? It's great. This is yes. the work of technology. We're very lucky. So excited. Yes. So, Erica, Erica, let me say it in Espanol. Erica Reyes. Erica Reyes. Erica Reyes. In Latin America, we use, you know, also in Puerto Rico, in the Caribbean, we use the mm. R, like, R, yes, you know, you R and so you have R and for R. other languages, you know, <laughs> we need to practice that sounds. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Erica, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Well, I'm a coffee specialist, as, as we talked before, but I born on my life. A lot of people ask me uh, how you think of why you start in the coffee industry mm -hmm. and always I, I answer I born in a coffee farm so I live all my life in that uh, environment you know mm -hmm. uh, when I uh, went to college I remember that in that time uh, I, I feel, felt a, a lot of nostalgic for the coffee a farm because in in my town I, I live in the center of the island so mm. in my town if you decide go to the college you need to move uh, uh, to other part of the island so I left everything my family and and obviously the farm and I remember when I uh, start in the classroom and a lot of people pre presents and and meet people and I said that my parents uh, are a beneficiado or have a beneficiado. The term is in, in English, in Spanish, but it's the, the people who process coffee. Means that the people process coffee. 
And a lot of students said, well, but my father is teacher or my, my parents are uh, lawyer, whatever. And I said, well, my parents are beneficiadores. And they said, what is that? And I said, you don't know the people who process coffee? And all the people said, well, I drink a lot of coffee, but I don't know where the coffee comes from. So I said, for me, that was, imagine how I feel when I saw my parents lost a lot of pounds in the harbors, you know, a, a lot of hard work that they uh, passed to process that coffee. And imagine that, you know, that the people don't get the value or don't know what happened behind that cup. So I think that in that moment, start everything, start my story. Because in the university, all my, my, my homeworks, everything that I have the opportunity to talk about coffee, I use it. Um, in, in, for example, uh, Puerto Rican uh, history class, I talk about the coffee industry history in Puerto Rico. Um, I remember when I uh, have a class about a planification, I, I made a project with how you plan a coffee farm or a touristic, agro-touristic project in a coffee farm. Um, also, I found in this pandemic uh, time, uh, when you, you know, go and, and sow a lot of things, uh, old things in your house, uh, I saw, I found two projects and in one of them, I found that I wrote that one of um, maybe idea to, to promote better cup of coffee in Puerto Rico is create an institution of coffee as a program education. I, I don't remember that I wrote that in that time in 1996. So that's the reason that, that I think that in that moment, in my college, very early, very early, I start with this idea. So, well, I studied marketing, made my MBA in marketing also, and start to work in communication company, and then work in, in pharmaceutical industry, in Pfizer Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And maybe after four years that I saw different um, uh, or unstable, uh, in, in one moment, you know, uh, an unstable job, I think, you know what, I want to create a business plan as a plan B, you know, if I lost my pharmaceutical job, I'm going, you know, I, I, I made my, my own business. So that's the moment that I create Cafe Colau, a business plan for Cafe Colau in 2005. And never left the pharmaceutical industry. I remember that in one moment I, I have both business and in one moment I decide to quit, you know, and, and make my own uh, route, you know. And open Cafe Colau in 2006. The, the first coffee shop with, with independent coffee shop. In that moment, we had Starbucks here in Puerto mm -hmm. Rico, about five Starbucks. <clears throat> so 
the people or the market start to see this place, Starbucks, I refer to Starbucks, this place that glorify the coffee, uh, this place that sell you a cup of coffee in $3.50, $4.00, you know, and, you know, maybe in the market create this um, value for the cup. So three years later, I opened the first independent Puerto Rican coffee shop. So in that moment, was a boom, you know, uh, I served in a cup, in a ceramic cup. Uh, and obviously was a, and, and also right now is, is the place, the only place that have different selection of coffee, Puerto Rican coffee, but specializing coffee, not, I don't sell breakfast, for example. Maybe I have some complements of the cup, but I don't serve uh, soup or, or breakfast, huge breakfast. Um, so that's the reason that, and also Cafe Colau exists right now. So right now is the, the oldest coffee shop in Puerto Rico. And we, we start with this community, specialty coffee community. A lot of people ask me, how can I get a coffee shop or can I buy you a franchise? Something like that. And I said, well, you know what? I don't have the money. I don't have the, the structure or the, to sell you a franchise, but, but maybe I can teach you uh, some things that you can do it by your own. So in that moment, in Cafe Colau, start the coffee and barista school. I think that's the moment. When this couple um, asked me if, if that they want to, to open a coffee shop in another town of the island and asked me if I can teach them. And I said, well, I can, yeah, I can teach you. And, and told me, uh, okay, give, give us a proposal. And I said, well, I don't know how, how you, you paid me for that. So don't worry, I can teach you and doesn't matter, you know, the money. And I remember that they told me, if you don't, if you don't want that we pay you, we don't want the, 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 the course, the lesson. And in that moment, opened me like, you know, that brilliant idea. I said, if a lot of people ask me about how can do a better cup of coffee or, or how can open a, their own coffee shops or uh, questions like that, um, why I can open a business or prepare a plan, a business plan with a barista or a coffee school. So in that moment, I start to teach and, and create this business. In that moment, we don't have a location. So I rent different space. I rent different machines. Uh, I invest in this first machine, you know, and then in a second. And, and maybe two years later, because if in that moment, I don't have a location. So what's so hard uh, continue the lessons. So, and all the people, when I finished the, the, the class, 
the first question. And what next? Uh, how can I continue to practice the, this discipline? I want to be a better barista or whatever. So in that moment, I decide to find a location and open coffee and barista school. And I opened the coffee and barista school in 2011. Uh, so we have 10 years right now. Uh, and in that uh, long story, uh, I got my uh, copying certification, roaster certification, uh, judge uh, for, for baristas competitions uh, from the world, baristas competitions around the world. Um, so buy a farm uh, to my parents and produce coffee. So imagine uh, a world that I live in all those uh, 15 years, something like that, 15, 16 years. So uh, that long story in a short, I think in a short <laughs> mm -hmm. story. Okay. So that's my background. That's my background. Fantastic. That's So that's a little bit about you and the story behind the creation of everything that you're doing. Would you like to tell us a little bit about the coffee, like the coffee culture in Puerto Rico for our listeners who may not know much about um, Puerto Rico, the culture there, you know, like uh, around coffee and et cetera. I, I mean, I know you have a big cult coffee culture generally, but can yeah. you just like set the tone for us and tell us a little bit about coffee generally in Puerto Rico? Well, Puerto Rico is a coffee culture. Um, uh, and also in when we be a part of Spain, uh, maybe in 1890s, we was the fourth country in all America uh, that export coffee worldwide, you know? Uh, and the sixth, and, and got the sixth place in the world, you know, worldwide. So imagine how much coffee we produce. We, we are a little, very little island in the Caribbean. And obtain that position in exportation, in coffee exportation, imagine how, how much coffee we produce. So uh, we create uh, with that story a, a lot of recognition in one moment uh, about coffee. But we finish, you know, in, in maybe in, in the 50, um, start this industrialization and obviously a, a lot of people from the center of the island and from the farms start to work in in the construction and the industrialization and we lost a lot of farms a lot of farms and also obviously we we changed from we passed from spain to us and the priority in that moment because we receive a lot of hurricanes in in that times. Um, so we lost a lot of farms. And after is 1969, uh, the story presented the, the end of records, you know, of coffee exportation. So after that, a lot of farms maintained in the center of the island. But 
we think that maybe in 1998, we received George, the Hurricane George. So in that moment, we, we you know, we, we closed uh, a lot of coffee farms again. So the only people who stayed in the coffee just stayed with the small uh, coffee farms. And maybe after 2000, start this uh, coffee specialty uh, culture with the, you know, the, obviously we, we opened in 1996, uh, sorry, 2006, the coffee shops. But before that, start this um, movement for produce better cup of coffee. So in 2008, something like that, uh, the government create regulations and, and a structure that we can produce commercial coffee or a specialty coffee. And if you sell specialty coffee, you, you can sell, you know, more expensive, you know, and, and create, create more, more business. And also the government help you to promote your specialty coffee uh, in other parts, you know, of the world. Uh, it's important to know that in Puerto Rico, the government take a, a huge role in the coffee industry. Uh, it's not like other uh, regions, coffee regions, that maybe have a cooperatives or, or private coffee farms. Here is private, but the government take a lot of rules. For example, uh, we can import coffee by own, okay? Uh, like US, for example, uh, or other parts of uh, Europe. Uh, all the coffee that we import, we need to pay and we need to pass for the, from the government. So we can do by, you know, make our own uh, business. Uh, so that's, important also the prices the government regulate the prices in some areas of the coffee um how can we import that coffee if we decide to import by the government uh, that coffee need to enter uh, to the island uh, from a specific conditions that the government give you so, you know, they take a lot of rules and maybe that's the reason uh, that we maintain very local coffee culture, very local. Um, and maybe we can receive or you can have access coffee from other part of, of, of the world. Starbucks made it, but Starbucks need to pay, you know, to the government and but that culture that maybe you find in US or in Europe that you can enter to the coffee shop and, and decide which kind of coffee do you want or from, from where, uh, if you want coffee from Brazil or from Guatemala, you can find it. In Puerto Rico, it's not the same. That have an advantage uh, because the guarantee that if you are a capiculture, the guarantee that you sell 
the product, but you, you have it. Because all the coffee that we produce in Puerto Rico, we use it. But in other, in other hand, you know, we, we don't we don't have a lot of uh, for, for a lot of coffee culture is not a, a a good good business. A lot of coffee culture work a lot, maintain their farms because they love it because that's maybe the the their grandparents' uh, farms because they want that their childrens continue the the traditions, the coffee traditions in their families. But a huge use business is more hard if you don't if you have a lot of controls. I don't know if you if you understand me, if you you know yes. what I mean. Yes, I do. Uh, so uh, anyways, coffee is for the Puerto Rican people is tradition, is culture, uh, all the families, when you grow up, all the families have a meeting around a coffee cup uh, after dinner, after lunch, in the breakfast, when you start, when you wake up in the morning. So we drink a lot of coffee and we have a lot of passion and love for that product. I remember, for example, in the last hurricane, you know, we, we lost everything uh, three years ago. And we have some products. And I remember that all the people just asked for the coffee. They forget about it, the bananas and the orange and, you know, they, the coffee, the coffee. I said, well, we have all the products, but our culture love coffee. And I feel that the coffee identify us in, you know, in some areas. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a very, very pretty coffee tradition and coffee culture. Okay, so that's really important to know and understand because um, I think that, um, for example, there are some countries where you go to, like, I know you travel a lot, and that's something that I like to get into. I know you travel a lot as a barrister, you go all over the world. So you know that there are some countries that naturally have a coffee culture, you know, like it's, right. it's ingrained in <laughs> particularly like mm -hmm. Mediterranean countries, for example, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ethiopia is a country with a coffee culture, you know, like we're in Cuba, uh, you guys in Puerto Rico, it is strong coffee cultures. And that's, that um, definitely informs how people shop for coffee and how they spend their money. So, and we'll get into that when we start talking about like Starbucks and so on and so forth. But I, I just wanted you to kind of like set the tone for that. So can yeah. you tell us now about your coffee shop? I know you have, is it Cafe Cola? It's Cafe rated. Colau. Colau. Yeah, well, Colau. you know what, Colau, <laughs> Colau is not, well, we adopt that terminology. But supposed to say colado. Colado means filter, filter or confection or yeah, filter coffee. In in the past, we we use a lot of um, cloth filter. Also, we 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 call like socks, you know. Uh, so um, that cloth filter, we use the colador. And the right terminology, the correct terminology is colado. But in Puerto Rico, our tradition, our language is, is Spanish. But yes. we use 
a lot of hands, we cut a lot of words, and we use call out. We cut the D in, in the word. So uh, that's the reason that I, that I, I wrote Café Colau, and I use the, right. apost the apostrophe we use in, in, in Spanish language. When you cut something, you need to, to identify that you cut that word. So right. uh, also at, at the beginning, a lot of people ask me, why you don't have Café Colau here? You know, like, like the cloth, the filter. And I said, you have an espresso machine that's Italian. And I said, you know what? You, you make cafe colau with everything. Espresso machine, electric machine, clothes, paper, filters, whatever. It's cafe colau. Uh, because colau is the verb, is the action that you make coffee. So uh, at the beginning, I need to explain, you know, what's the difference. But uh, in that moment, we don't have coffee shops in Puerto Rico except the Starbucks. So um, then the people and the market start to see the express machines and that barista culture with this terminology in the menus, you know, like macchiato, um, cappuccino, uh, espresso, that espresso doesn't have milk and try to understand that, no? Because in our culture in the past, before our coffee shops, uh, they drink or go to drink coffee in some place in a cafeteria or a restaurant is just black or with milk. And you don't, you don't request anymore, you know? Uh, so Cafe Colau start with this tradition was the first place that made a latte art in a cup. So imagine when we draw a heart as a latte art or made a flower on the top, that was a, a, an experience, you know, that was magic in that place. Uh, but obviously was the, the first place, that first place that have different uh, coffees from Puerto Rico, from the center of the island, different regions from, from the center of the island. And a lot of people identify with their town. Uh, I want one coffee from Yauco, for example. Yauco is one of the town. Or from Lares or from Ciales. And that create that culture, that the coffee is more than a cup. You know, I prepare in the walls of the coffee shops it, uh, these murals that have a lot of terminology, coffee terminology and different pictures uh, from my grandfathers and from the farms. And the people start to ask, um, what is Caracolillo or what is um, a Draga? And, and a lot of people start to talk about the coffee process. And give me that, that terminology and that questions that create the murals. Um, murals is, the, I don't know if that's the correct, but it's a huge painting. Right, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Okay. Um, so that murals start to create different coffee conversations. So Cafe Cola right now is the place that in all someone uh, in the piers that all the tourists that come in the cruise ship, especially 
visited and and you know can meet the our coffee culture and can buy different kind of coffee from Puerto Rico. Also, we have a map and you can see the coffee that you buy it or drinking where where the coffee come from. And a lot of people take pictures in, in the coffee shops. You know, it's is is a great, great um uh, environment, coffee environment. And also uh, a lot of people that want to know how operate a coffee shop or or maybe want or dream to open a coffee shop. All that mm. people need to visit coffee shop, uh, Cafe Colau, you know? Mm. Uh, because it's, it's the real culture. And, and also I try to maintain a, a tradition in that coffee shop. Uh, a lot of coffee shops open in Puerto Rico and you see that we adopt that beauty uh, spaces, huge black and white, you know, with a lot of illumination, uh, wood, you know what I mean? Yes, definitely. Uh, that, yeah, that style of coffee shops. And, and always I said, you know what, I want to maintain, I don't want that rustic coffee shop, but, but always maintain that Puerto Rican essence and, and that place that you feel like your house, you know? Uh, we are on from the Bay. So right now with the pandemic, we receive a lot of, of visits of clients because you can sit outside with fresh air uh, from the, the Bay, you know, and it's, it's very, I love my coffee shop. It's my, it's my favorite place. <laughs> it sounds like it. And it sounds <laughs> like you are curating like a really nice experience for your customers. If I don't know if you call them customers, but you know, cause I know when yeah, yeah, I, yeah. you like, you know, like uh, when you travel to some countries and you go into a cafe, you don't feel like you're in a restaurant. You don't feel like you're in a coffee shop. You feel like you're entering someone's like like a really lovely space. Like everybody's family, everybody's laughing. They create a really nice environment. And I imagine you do the same at uh, Cafe Calao. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also when I when I mm. travel, always visited different coffee shops. And sometimes I say I I I, I saw the same uh, patron. You know, the same colors. The same, but someone always exists is the passion you know mm. the, of the baristas you see that that and 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 i'm very proud of that profession you know because the people who works in the majority of uh, parts um the people who works in a coffee or prepared coffee feel very proud feel that they do something for a lot of people who were behind the cops and, and feel passion to serve the, the best cup of coffee. Uh, sometimes maybe we are very technical, <laughs> uh, but always they feel passion. Um, if I sincerely, when I entered to some places, around the world always said I love 
Cafe Colau. <laughs> I love Cafe Colau because maintain that essence. So, mm. and I love the places maintain essence, maintain the magic. The uh, magic. And, and mm. have something different and have something different. Because sometimes you feel that you enter to the same place, you know, and, and it, it, it go to the US and enter to different coffee shops and it's the same. And you know, the same color, the same ambience, the same music, the same clothes, t-shirts, uh, you know, the uniforms of the baristas, uh, it's the same. So right. I love that place that maintain something different, different. Definitely, definitely, brilliant. And I'm sure everybody who visits feels the same way that you do, that they're, yeah, they're yeah, in yeah. the essence and the ambience. So talk to yeah. us about the School of Coffee and the Baristas of Puerto Rico, because I know that's something else that you that you do as well. You founded that. And you are, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the first coffee education resource in Puerto Rico. Is that true? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that is that is quite an achievement. So talk us through that. Like, how did that come about? And are you still the only one or are there others? And, and where is that going? Yes. Uh, well, we, we I started to teach in 2009. But when I started with this business, uh, start in 2011. So at the beginning, maybe I received people just who wants to open a coffee shop or maybe wants to make better cup of coffee in their jobs or in the bakery but the majority of people was people who, who have a business uh, then i remember when i start to hear people who come and a man you know made enrollment and everything and and said, I need this certification. I'm here and I want the barista certification because my job requires me. Or the hotel promote me uh, or give me in next month a position, promote me to a position, but I need this, this certification to got it. And I said, what? So imagine the recognition and in that moment, this certification had, I start, as a, you know, a barista certification, I start to teach. Also, I, I obtained the, the Specialty Coffee Association uh, instructor certification. Um, but, you know, the, this, I, I remember that this place that only dedicate to teach uh, in Puerto Rico, we in Puerto Rico and in other part of the world. So that's the reason that give me that that moment that be the, the first give me the opportunity also to to teach in different part of uh, Hispanic or uh, people, because in mm. that moment we, we have all the lessons and the, the material to to learn about the barista or coffee in English. So in that moment, I had the opportunity when I start the school to go to Dominican Republic, uh, Panama, uh, Guatemala, you know, to start this uh, culture of coffee education. Uh, after that, I start to, to open more service in the school. Uh, for example, for the roasters, for the farmers, 
because I start to certificate as a copper, as a roaster. So I try to specialize in different chain, you know, in, you know, a different part of the chain of coffee. Uh, the, the last the last part was the farm that I started to work in 2016. But before the farm, I prepared, uh, I made the copings for all the farmers, for the Department of Agriculture in Puerto Rico. Um, I certificate I as a roaster, so I designed roaster profiles for farmers, for different coffees. Uh, so I start to give different service. Right now, I'm, I'm very proud to say that, but right now uh, is the only school that if you want a certification on learn from, you know, learn all about coffee, you go to the school. And right now, we just not was the first program education. We are the only school um, authorized for the Specialty Coffee Association as a premier training campus mm. here in Puerto Rico. So uh, I remember they come here, they saw everything, our locations, our facilities, our machines, our water, the coffees, the cups, everything. And they certify us as a specialty coffee association campus. Uh, so right now we, we give different uh, lessons in coffee, cupping, roasting, brewing, uh, barista, uh, business, how to open a coffee shop, um, and make everything, you know, if, if the coffee industry needs something to, to teach farmers or, or whatever the industry needs, the school is part of, you know, sponsored everything in our, or, or our facility is part of that. So we give service to different big business in Puerto Rico, like McDonald's, Starbucks, uh, uh, Nestle, uh, you know, Nescafe. Yeah. So it's not just to specialize in, in coffee, specialty coffee or baristas, everything that, that, that use coffee, we can serve and, and help you know, the, the, the corporations or the farmers or the roaster, the, the, the people who prepare coffee, whatever. So right now it's the only center that made that, made that. Okay. And so you are still the only one doing that? Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. So um, you mentioned some of the things that that you offer and what you're and what you're doing there. Do you plan to add anything additional with time, or do you think it's gonna stay kind of just stay the way it is the way it is for now? The school? Yes, the school. No, I think the school right now we start also uh, mm -hmm. with our Irid program. Mm -hmm. We prepare online platform that you can you know, see 28 videos and you can practice and you can learn about coffee. Uh, you also uh, have a demonstration videos uh, and, and can practice in your house or in mm -hmm. your place. Mm -hmm. uh, after that also, you can come here. 
you can make an appointment and, and practice here. Um, also, last week, we start that online course for home baristas. So people who don't want to, to certify as a barista or work as a barista, just want to make a good cup of coffee or just love coffee or want to learn something new, they can buy it. And, and we prepare and launch last week the barista, the home barista course online. So yeah, we have a lot of things uh, that we want to do. Uh, and we start also right now, we are open in the next August uh, in the farm an extension of the school, but more as a tourist experience. Um, we had from eight years, a coffee camp. I don't know if you see that before, a coffee camp. No, tell me more. No? Yeah, I started that coffee camp in 2013, I think, or 14. Well, we have eight years. And my, my parents have this farm that have some apartments, about 20 apartments that they rent in the weekends. And I remember that one day I talked with them and said, well, October is a hard, you know, it's a low season for the apartments. So, you know, it's hard this season, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? This is the coffee harvest. In Puerto Rico, our coffee harvest is from September, average four months. For, from September to December. So I said, Papi, if you, if I rent the apartments, I can make a coffee camp for a weekend. And so I can, um, you know, get the, my, my espresso machines and, and, you know, move all the, the school here and prepare a weekend, you know, that the people retire and stay here from, from Friday to Sunday and make everything in, in coffee, can pick up the coffee, can process, can learn, can, can uh, learn about barista, about coffee. And I started that camp and was amazing. Maybe it was the, the, the most uh, events that I love it work. Uh, and right now I buy that, that farm from my parents. So I acquired that farms and start, you know, to, I start one month ago, a remodelation of the apartments and start in August, the extension of that coffee program, but you can stay in the farm uh, and, you know, try to have the experience with everything of coffee. And we are going to move machines, establish a machine there, uh, a roaster machine. Uh, we had a process machines there and the farms and the people can stay there and learn everything about coffee. So that's my new project. And we hope to start in August, in the next August. Nice. That sounds yeah. really exciting. I want to yeah. shift the conversation a little bit and and understand what is it like to run a coffee business? Like start with the challenges. What are the, some of the things that, that uh, so for example, um, somebody listening in who wants to get into 
to the coffee business? Tell us honestly, what is it like to run a coffee business? Well, I think that the I I I you know give courses about how open a coffee shop. And one of the things that I opens I always said that the coffee shops is not a place that you could be a millionaire, you know, is 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 a, a small business. Uh, obviously, if you can offer different service or or made another um you know type of coffee shops that maybe sell breakfast or lunch or dinner or alcohol or you know but you can create a good you know a good margin and and create a good business but as a coffee shop this small coffee shop you need to think that you need to make everything that you can replicate because mm. The, the business is that you open this small business and this one in other place and this one and, and create like a chain, you know, uh, three, four. And that was a, a good, good business. Uh, another thing is that, you know, it's cute the environment that you see in, in the coffee shop, but require the same discipline, you know, as a big business or another business so sometimes think that this environment is like what i like and the relaxed environment that i found in a coffee shop but the coffee that main product that you have is very specialized so you mm -hmm. need to learn you need to know how can you buy the best quality of coffee the best machine that adapt to your necessities the you know the the importance of the confection because it's not automatic machines mm. you know every every hand that touch the machines have a responsibility to to make a good proportion of coffee to to prepare with you know uh, with a good presentation uh, obviously good customer service um but more than that is the technical issues that you as an owner you need to know it's not just open a, a beautiful pretty coffee shop be the huh. great ambience you know environment uh you need a huge and a lot of discipline mm. to maintain the quality to maintain your margin is is a business you know that you create you know you you got money from four dollars five dollars you know that's our transactions mm -hmm. and like that you lost a lot of money if you don't uh, have a discipline you know uh, the sugar that you you know maybe give five uh, sugars when maybe the, the the client just require two Mm -hmm. or you know the lead when the clients know need it because that cup of coffee you have that cost just mm -hmm. the client pay you four dollars but you need to you know you need to give the cups the lead the sleeve the coffee the milk the sugars you know so you need to be very very uh you know be sure 
that you control the cost. Because if not, you said, oh, well, the lead just, I pay for the lead for every lead 16 cents or 13 cents. I said, 13 cents is a lot of money in a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? Yep, definitely. So that's, that's the, the, the challenge of this kind of business. But if you like it and if you have the discipline uh, and you are clear that you need to know about the coffee industry, you can prepare. That's the reason that I have the school. That yeah. is an instrument that, that you can get all the knowledge that you need to open. In my times, I don't have that. But right now, you have it. So if you, you can do it, but you need to, to be clear that that's the requirements to get a, 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 you know, a successful coffee shop. And the thing is, you're an independent coffee shop as well. So you're yes. going to be experiencing something a little bit different, you know, because you got to have that special customer experience, right? You right. have to train all your baristas. Like you said, I mean, the milk you use, I mean, the size of the cups, that in yes. and of itself is, is, is an issue. I think there's so much to, that you have to think about when, because now in this era of chains, Starbucks, uh let's see what other chains are there costa um yeah, there's so many chains here in, yeah. yeah 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 here in china you you have chains as well so i feel like there's there's that additional pressure of just trying to remain competitive and stay afloat yeah 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 definitely yeah now i want to talk about your travels You've gone all over the world with coffee. Coffee <laughs> has taken you everywhere, which is so exciting. Yeah, so talk yeah, about, yeah. Yeah, like what are firstly, like where have you been? What have you done? Like what have you been doing as you're traveling around the world for coffee? I know it's related to some of the roles that you have outside of your business and some of the organizations you're involved with. So can you tell us more about that? Well, when I took the, the judge, certification i'm a technical judge let me tell you something mm. in the we we had a lot of coffee or barista competitions um for example uh we created the, the, the barista competition but the latte art competition roasting competition brewing competition so uh, and we in in each competitions you had technical judges and sensory judges or visual judges. So uh, I certified in 2011 in Italy. Uh, I got the technical judge certification. So as a technical judge, I need to see everything that you can use the machine the, correctly that you make the times that you are consistent in all the the the, the process um, that you use all the instruments that you need uh, well everything everything so uh, I start to judge in that moment in Italy and then I don't stop uh, Switzerland as I told you uh, also I went to Shanghai. Mm. Uh, I told you uh, about yeah. four years ago, uh, Brazil, 
Budapest, uh, Vienna, nice. uh, well, a lot of places and US, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, but not just to judge. I have the opportunity as instructor to to teach um, and be the the first uh, instructor that teach in Spanish in the SCA Expo, in the Specialty Coffee Association Expo in US. So, and I remember, you know what? That story is cute because I remember when I start to take courses uh, in, in that expo, they prepare expos in different parts of the states, uh, in Seattle, in Boston, Houston. And I remember that always I took uh, courses with people from Mexico, from Panama, from Colombia. And they sold me, you know, uh, we are a Latin and we, we, they, they, we can identify if you are a Latin or not. So they asked me, you, you understand what that I, they, they said? And I said, yes. I said, can you translate me? So a lot of Hispanic people, people maybe have more time in coffee industry than me. And know a lot about coffee never can take a certification from SCA because they don't they they don't speak English so they pay it just to you know just to try to 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 understand something or see something and I said wow the necessity the necessity in this expo that that teaching Spanish also so I proposed to the educational center that I can translate all the materials uh, and, I, and if they want, I can teach in Spanish. And they say, well, perfect. Uh, so I translate all the material in Spanish. Well, I, I got help because I'm not fully bilingual. You know, I can talk with you, but, but uh, and I can understand. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I found help, people who helped me to translate everything. And I, I, I was the first uh, instructor that teach in Spanish. Right now, uh, you can find translations in different uh, courses and everything. But in Barista, we got the, fir the first Spanish courses that they sell you know, to Hispanic people and the same mm. thing because uh, a lot of coffee people speak Spanish and don't understand English. Mm. So I travel a lot to teach, not just in US for Hispanic people, but also to, to Colombia, to uh, Panama, US, Virgin Island. So mm. yeah, uh, and you know, it's amazing that you can uh, meet people, coffee people around the world. And when you talk about coffee, it's a passion, you know? Yeah. All the people who work in this industry feel a lot of passion, love the coffee. Uh, and, as, and it's very interesting that you met a lot of people that introduced to the coffee industry, but, but they are another things. For example, I met people that are accounting, or lawyer, or uh, teachers, or carpenter, whatever. Yeah. 
and introduced in the coffee business and stayed and, you know, uh, and right now work in coffee. But you met a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge about other things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I'm so blessed that have that opportunity. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, and obviously uh, you see mm. uh, people who work in coffee, love coffee, and never, never see, have the opportunity to see a farm because I live all my life in a farm. But a lot of people around the world never, never had that experience. I love yeah. the coffee and say, you know what? My dream is one day visit a farm. And I show pictures about my farm and the coffee and cherries and say, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And my plan is that with this ne next project that I told you before is, you know, that people who works uh, in coffee, maybe for years, uh, have a space that you can visit mm. and have that experience. Yeah. So, let's see. It's, I'm so excited with this new project. <laughs> you know, and what you said is so important. There is a whole, I know in modern times, particularly if you live in a fast-paced culture, city, like big cities, let's say, you know, Shanghai, New York, mm -hmm. LA, Paris, what have you, you, you could fall into the trap of thinking that like, you know, oh, these people are coffee addicts and People need their coffee fix and all this kind of stuff. But coffee is a culture. You know, it's been around since time immemorial. In many cultures, it's ceremonial. It signifies yes. things. So it's like, yeah, it is It is a culture and it means different things to different people, just as you would with wine or maybe with beer. But I mean, coffee itself is it's not, I, I guess because it's become addictive for some people, it's, it can be a bit bad. But to my understanding, the coffee itself isn't bad. It's the stuff that we add to it <laughs> that makes it a bit bad for us, like all the milk and the cream. But, you know, coffee culture is is definitely dominant around the world. I mean, for example, all these countries you've been to and all the places that mm -hmm. you've done coffee judging, you yourself has seen the differences, you know, in everything from how you order your coffee, how the coffee is presented, what you eat the coffee, what you drink the coffee with rather, what time of day you have the coffee. You know, there's so much etiquette around coffee, right? So you can even, right. if you could talk a little bit about that, that would be fun to hear about like your experiences of seeing well, how is, the different cultures. Is, I think that, well, that the, the, something that I saw in, in all cultures, no matter what, mm is that maybe the coffee shops is the only place that in a line, you see people high-end uh, and the people who maybe live or, or watch the car on front, you know, and mm, got some money. Yeah, and it's amazing. Request the same kind of coffee. Hmm. Uh, for me, it's so interesting that you, you know, because all the places is like, well, if, maybe if you have money or not, you know, uh, you can pay and you can enter to this restaurant, but maybe not don't enter to this other, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, I love that. That's interesting. I've never thought of that. Hmm. Yes. And hmm. I saw in my coffee shop and when I, I, I tried to, 
to identify. Obviously, in some places, you have a, a huge coffee shops, you know, that, that I know that not, not all the people have the money to pay it or to see it, whatever. Mm. But, but in the majority of the normal coffee shops, you, you see in the same line, different kind of people, you know? Yeah. In, in, and, and it's not kind of people, we are the same. We are the same. It's just mm -hmm. that some people have resources or or have more money or or maybe have different lives, you know. But we are the same. And mm -hmm. that line expresses you that we are the same. You yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and mm -hmm. and and is is you know is is interesting that that request the same. You know, you drink it uh, you know, eight, eight ounce latte double shot. And mm. the other guy requests the same. <laughs> yeah. Said, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it, it's it it. I'm actually now that I think about it, I'm not surprised that you said that because historically, coffee houses have always been a gathering place, right? Like the intellectuals would go there, the artists would go there, the writers. Like it's it's kind of this place where an eclectic mix of people get together and they're just having these fantastic conversations. And exactly. what you said makes so much sense. You know, the guy who's outside washing the car is 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 having a coffee. And if you're like in Turkey or in Italy, you could be standing and talking and having your coffee, right? <laughs> Just you know what? On. In my in my mm. coffee shop, I mm. saw this. Mm. Maybe we sell a muffin. Mm -hmm. You know that you complement your coffee. And maybe come some some customers that oh one customer said. You know what? That muffin is so big. I don't want a lot of muffin today. And you know, so to 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 decide and ask for the people. Somebody want to share this muffin? You know, people they don't know that people. Mm. And 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 they ask if somebody wants to. You know that we cut the muffin for you know uh, into two slices and mm. share with others. And I say, wow, that's that type of actions occur just only in a coffee shop. I, I think, I think, uh, because promote that, promote that different people with different interesting, you know, go to the same place and, and you know, enjoy the same environment. Uh, yeah. So it, it's so interesting. And in, with this pandemic, uh, it's so hard for us. You know, don't have that moment in Puerto Rico. We we close in one moment. We just we can just prepare coffee and 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 go outside and give the people pick up the the cup. So imagine that environment. That's conversations that we don't have it in in, in moments. So and 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 that you sit in the same table because in a coffee shop, different people with different conversations sit in the same table mm. so yeah. but i think in the future we have you know the normality we got the normality again and start with us actions yeah <laughs> you know so coffee the great equalizer yeah you know now that you're saying yes. that i'm thinking about all the the other things that we have within a culture within a society that brings people together you know whether it's like a religious festival, 
or some kind of cultural festival. That's where you can meet lots of like in the Caribbean, it could be carnival, you know, like carnival time. Mm. That's where yeah. everybody, the rich, the poor, the young, the old, the obese, the skinny, the alcoholic, like everybody, you know, all together. Carnival, right. right. So coffee, coffee right. is kind of like that, I guess. That's interesting. That's a really good point. Yes. So yes. what is next for you? What is next for you as a coffee entrepreneur? Well, um, as I told you before, I'm put all my energy in that farm. Uh, I produce my own brand of coffee because uh, surprise you, I don't have a brand of coffee. I produce, mm. uh, I sell it from other roasters, but I don't have my own brand. So brand. So right now I work so hard to identify a, the best quality of coffee here. I have that project, in two, I started with that project in 2016, where I received the Maria Hurricane here and we lost everything. So, and I want Puerto Rican coffee. So mm. that's the reason that I start to, you know, to grow it again in 2018. And this uh, harvest 2021, uh was uh my my first harvest you know so right now i try to identify copying select different farms not just my farm but different farms that had that can prepare a bit a really really good quality of of beans and that's my new projects also uh well the farm is 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 a new but but that coffee brand is important for me Okay. So we are working for that. <laughs> so wait a minute, before you go, what makes Puerto Rican coffee special? You know what? It's, it's different. It's different. Mm -hmm. I think that we we are an island coffee. It's very balanced. It's very balanced. You don't find that complex complexity, you know, that you find maybe in Ethiopian coffee or, or Indonesia or Colombia and that have a high acidity mm -hmm. is very very balanced coffee so i think that puerto rican coffee maybe not a lot of people uh like it because it, uh, it's too smooth and but i think that puerto rican coffee you know adapt adopt to every palate mm. is sweet is balanced is smooth and that's i think that we need to you know, to to promote. We can mm. make the, that geisha with a lot of fruity acidity that, that, that you find in Panama because we don't have the highest levels mm. of that. Mm. Or or that complex of of berries that you find in, in Ethiopia, for example. Mm. But mm. when you find that coffee that is very balanced with some citrus nudes, uh with a very balanced aftertaste, like chocolate, dark chocolate, nutty, mm. Mm. Uh, have body, but mm. not a lot of complexity, you know, complexity in your palate. I think that you have a great opportunity yeah. to, you know, to introduce that characteristics in different cultures, maybe like tea cultures or, or people maybe who don't want that 
a lot of people don't like that complex it, you know yeah. more uh, smooth something you know balanced and that's our um you know our advantage that we have in in, in our coffee yeah. uh also you know we have a lot of our geographical situation in the in the caribbean uh we are a volcanic island we have a lot of nutrients you know and and, and each wish in some notes or perception but again very balanced and and that's our our statement yeah because you guys you know you you grow your own coffee beans it's great for growing coffee in puerto rico like you said right. you have you have the mountains and whatnot and people should know as big as puerto rico is you have lots of of lovely cafes and shops but you also have the bigger chain i mean i the last time i was in puerto rico i know for sure you guys have starbucks i remember being in the airport and seeing i think it was gustos that's a chain too uh -huh. so there's yeah, yeah, yeah. there's quite a few chains now popping around but i think local people have their cafes and their places that they go to where they get mm -hmm. the 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 good stuff right right <laughs> right so you don't feel like you have to necessarily compete with those big chains, I guess. No, 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 no. And also a lot of people ask me, you don't want to open more Cafe Colau? Mm. And I said, well, you never know. But right now, Cafe Colau is very, you know, very unique coffee mm. shop. Uh, replicate that model is hard because it's very technical. It's, you have different selections. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, maybe we can do it, but we need to change some things. And I don't know if that magic, uh, you know, that, that, that differentiation that have Cafe Colau, I can replicate. Uh, and I have all my energies right now in the educational program and in the farm and in the brands so maybe later i don't know we don't know i'm done you know i'm young and i i'm healthy uh, thanks god so maybe in the next time but right now i don't see the people as a competition and if i see as a competition i i can do my job because i precisely my work in the educational program is educate is promote that other people work in coffee that other people open coffee shops and mm. and, and you know and promote the industry so no i don't see it as a competition yeah and one of the things i admire about you and and what you're doing is that you you have your farm and then you you also have your cafe and then you have the baristas that you're training and the school and your, your new initiative. So you have a lot going on. And I think yes. that there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of control and, and power in what you're doing that you're sort of connecting all the dots together. You're not just, not that it would be bad if you only had a cafe, but you do so much more than that. You, you yeah. know, it's bigger than running a cafe. So as this series is about Puerto Rican entrepreneurs and highlighting um, the various stories and startups and so on coming out of Puerto Rico. What makes Puerto Rico special in terms of entrepreneurs and startups and, and starting businesses? What would you like people to know about Puerto Rico? Well, it's important to know that uh, in the past, Puerto Rico have a big culture that 
mm, well, don't promote the entrepreneurship, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, because when we study in the college, prepare you to, to work to a corporations, you know? Yes. Because yes. we had, yes. you know, we, we are part of the US. We receive a lot of uh, federal uh, help, you know, that incentive mm. that promote that the pharmaceutical industry or or big corporations stay here. So uh, Puerto Rico uh, create a lot of engineers, uh, uh, you know, uh, people who work to others. But right now it's different. So you see, you know, a, a, a new wave of young people that don't want to work in corporations and wants to be their own owners, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and the, I think that the bank, the institutions promote that. All right now, I saw colleges, universities that, you know, prepare you to have to start for a business. A lot of startups, startups, uh, mm. organizations, you know, and is a huge wave. So I think in the next maybe 10 years, uh, our uh, work, you know, culture could be very different, very different. Right now you see that wave. Yeah. And also the woman, the, yeah. the, the woman. The women, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, took a role, a huge role in not just in in as a as a business, also in in corporations in the college. You see a lot of of women, you know, mm -hmm. graduates, mm -hmm. and you know, have a a, a professions. So yeah, uh, I think the next ten years we we're gonna be different. Yeah, it's gonna be a completely different place. But this is. This is very atypical of a of emerging markets. You know, you're doing there's um and 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 previous um guests in the Puerto Rico series have said the same thing. You know, it's like there isn't a big push for entrepreneurship initially. You know, it's like get a good job, work in an office, quote unquote, get a degree, all of that stuff. But now there's a new generation that are like, no, yes, entrepreneur, definitely. entrepreneurship is going to push the change. It's promoting economic development, culture, everything else. And now there's this new wave. So, you know, the change is coming. It's coming, it's coming, but uh, it takes time. But um, what lessons have you uh, learned from your entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey thus far that you would like to share with us? Uh, well, I think the first thing is that you choose mm. what you want, what you want, what you love, uh, thing that you need to feel passion or something that you can enjoy, mm. not just create a business plan because mm. that's uh, that's new, that's different, or maybe because somebody tell you that it's a good business. Identify always what, how you see. You know, try to. To, to, to have that vision mm. and that you open a business for what? For a trip or for a weekend mm. or for all your life, 
You know, that's mm. important to identify. Mm. And in the way that you can identify something that you can enjoy, go for it. But the most important thing you need to plan for me is so important. And not, no, I don't talk about the business plan. Mm. I talk about your personal, emotional plan, financial plan, uh, you know, and obviously your business plan. Yeah. Good times. Sometimes we, you know, feel this euphoric uh, time to open a coffee shop because a lot of my friends or, or that's a boom, a lot of, I hear maybe, a, a, I don't know, a conversation that uh, right now is a boom, you know, made a woman, entrepreneurs or whatever. Mm. And, and maybe start, you know, start or wake up, you know, in your heart, something. But take your time to plan. And when I said uh, emotional planifications, a lot of people, you know, saw me and said, what do you, what do you mean with emotional planification? And I said, you know what you need to, to feel secure? Well, you, you, can, you, you always take risks in business, but you know that you feel good, that you feel uh, comfortable with you, that... If, it's a, a familiar planning. You need to talk with your with your friends, with your familiar, because you, sometimes maybe you need to get help. You know, right? Uh, financial planning. You know, don't open a business if you have a you know your your high credit cards. You know, or you have a lot of debts. Uh, try to planning and focus that that when you start your business, you try to be clean, you know? Uh, and, and obviously a business plan that you can follow, that, that, that guy that you have it, uh, find people who, a lot of people right now, a lot of people can help you. And organizations, banks, uh, women's, also women's uh, organizations that dedicate you time to help you because they want that you, you know, increase and you 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 may you know you you be an entrepreneur so that's my my you know my recommendations always plan 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 and a lot of things maybe you can control so sometimes you plan and and you can do it in in one in a specific moment for some things that you don't control but you know what the planification always help you to focus, to have a vision, and to make something today, because you go, you know where you go tomorrow. So that's my my recommendation. <laughs> wow, that's great. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with you and to have you share. Uh, I hope that you're the first um, coffee entrepreneur I've had on the podcast and it was such a pleasure to to speak with you and and to hear because it's something i've always been curious about you know all right thank guys. you so much until bye. next time bye for now bye. we've arrived at the end i hope you enjoyed listening in to this week's podcast episode if so 
Welcome to the family. You are officially a rare one. As a rare one, I need you to do three things. The first thing is visit the website regularly at www.rarebirdshq.com to make sure that you're not missing out on any of the new fresh content that's being added on a regular basis. The second thing I need you to do once you're on the website page is scroll down, this is on the home page, to opt in to receive our weekly email. This weekly email is called the Monday News. This is sent out every Sunday evening, Beijing Standard Time, and it includes a complete recap of all the new content that's been added to the website, as well as the up-to-date podcast and everything that's happening on the platform. This way you don't miss anything. You get it all in one place, one email once a week. We don't spam and we send you really high quality content to ensure that you're staying up to date with everything that's happening in emerging markets around entrepreneurship and blockchain technology. The last thing that you need to do is if you enjoy listening into the Rare Birds Emerging Markets podcast, please rate it on your favorite podcast platform. This way we can continue to grow our family of rare ones around the globe. All right, folks, that's it for me. Continue to stay rare. And until next time, bye for now.